This is Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Tri Born and Travis McWhorter, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. We have another Monday night football edition here, and AJ Green just scored a touchdown, for, touchdown. for all of our fantasy owners out there. Tri, do you have do you have AJ? Uh, I do not have AJ, but I did put up a um, league high in points in fantasy this week as this guy our next guest knows and there might be a little fantasy rivalry we have phil dahlhauser in the house how we doing phil good how you guys doing good all good try's been talking a fair amount of of smack about the the fantasy football league rightfully so (laughs) (laughs) and we just made a really good trade with me and phil made a good trade good for your future good for my present Bit of a gamble on my part because I got Deshaun Watson, who's tore his ACL, but yeah. hopefully comes back and better than ever. And if, it, if it's a keeper league, though, that might not be a bad move. Yeah, yeah. it's a dynasty league. So, Which, yeah, same so thing. you keep it okay, forever. okay, yeah, keeper. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, but I also give you Robert Woods coming off a 37 point game, and I was like, I'm gonna sell, I'm gonna sell Robert Woods high right now. You gave away. And then he got hurt the next week. Yeah. You gave away good. a Trojan. Not that that's why you did the trade, but. I gave away my Trojan playing in the Coliseum too. Yeah, that's tough. But I got Michael Thomas. Do you have Do you have a favorite football team? Jacksonville Jaguars. Jack. Oh yeah, I was gonna ask actually. You know it. Or I was gonna see if you wanted to put my Vikings helmet on here. You can <laughs> jump on the bandwagon for the season. We actually uh, there's four guys we have a bet. Um, we all had to pick a team. Um, I picked the Jags. Um, I don't know if anyone knows out Paul Baxter. Oh yeah. Uh, he picked the Vikings. Nick Lucena picked the, the Bucks, and uh, a guy we know, Double D, picked the Rams. And we all threw a hundred dollars every year, and whoever wins the Super Bowl first collects the hundred. I mean, the jackpot, I guess. The pot. Oh yeah. And last year, Let's all four of our teams were terrible. Yeah, I was <laughs> the, just the Vikings. <laughs> I think the Vikings squeaked into the playoffs. Oh uh, yeah, yes. Or maybe that was two years. Was ago. that when Blair Walsh that botched that field goal? No, that, was that was two years. Two ago. years ago. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, now three of the four teams are basically playoff bound, and uh, I don't know, like the Vikings, they've been beating some pretty good teams in the AFC, oh, I mean yeah. NFC, so we'll see. Jags, uh, I don't know about the Jags, they're, they're still the Jags. It's true. <laughs> best they've ever, best they've been Defense in a long time now. Yeah, Defense that's true. Yeah, probably uh, best in the country. Blake Bortles is not legit. He had a good game on Sunday. I had him. I picked him up for my daily fantasy league. He had, he was really cheap. Got me like twenty six points. Yeah, he was allowed me to buy Tyreek Hill. I just feel like it's a curse. If you play for the Jags or the Browns, you're never going to win ever. Probably. Right? I mean, in my life, the Browns especially. I've been a football fan for a long time, and it's the Jags haven't been around for too long. So how long have they been? Two thousand. Probably like in the mid nineties. I guess. That's I guess. like my Maybe whole life. Early, <laughs> early. <laughs> but yeah. Browns probably been around. Yeah, yeah they've been around for a while. But aside from fantasy football, how's, how's the offseason been? Nice and, and relaxing? It's been uh, wonderful. Thanks for asking. It's, <laughs> I think going on four months of not, or three months of not touching the ball, which is nice. There uh, you a go. little mental break. Yeah. Uh, but still getting, af- getting it af- after in the gym and um, trying to get stronger and doing that whole thing more fit. All that. Yeah. So what does what does a Phil Dahlhauser off season look like? So you're not you're not in the sand a whole lot. You're in the gym. Like what's a I guess walk us through like a, a kind of a standard day. Uh, well, I try to give uh, the wifey a little break with the kids, so I usually take them to school in the morning, and uh, then I'll go to the gym, 
for a couple hours and um, mess around in there and then pick them up at uh, the kids at 12.30 and then just kind of for the rest of the day hang out with the kids and email and things like that. Right. And you guys, you started sort of the, the mental off-season, at least, kind of in Chicago. Had a little fun with the split blocking. Yes. So are, are you <laughs> trying to add Defensive Player of the Year of 2018 under the bucket list? To no desire. <laughs> Is that the only award you don't have, by the way? Defensive yeah. Player player I, of the Year? Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. Dude, come on. Think about uh, it. Somebody just asked me the other day if I had to pick with anyone to play with in the world, who would it be? And I was like, I think I'd play with Evandro. Because we could just sit back and, <laughs> yeah. and and whatever. If we dig a ball, it's a bonus. Right. You know? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, playing behind Evandro would be way easier than playing behind Nick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> because guys are just hitting flat shots. Damn, over. you're right. Um, hmm. That and, would be I mean, he's pretty good setter, pretty good, decent ball control for a big guy. That would be, be interesting. Fun. That'd be fun to watch. It'd just be yeah. defense the whole time. Every think, time it's serve receive, you're just, okay, let's just play defense instead. It'd be the one of the fastest matches. It'd be like ace, error, or block. Right. And then for you guys, yeah, just, just right. pass just inside out. <laughs> high off the top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. So what, I mean, wh- how come you guys did end up doing that? Was it just long season? You guys had such a good year at that point. I mean, I think you had won, what, six coming into Chicago between uh, AVP and FIVB? Six. I, I mean, if you want to count Long Beach, that's seven. Uh, but uh, we, we made a deal with ourselves. Um, before Manhattan, if we won Manhattan and World Tour Final, we could kind of just mess around in Chicago. And um, so the first day we didn't, and then morning of Saturday, we lost to John and Jeremy, and um, we were just terrible, like just not motivated. So we're like, let's switch it up and see how far we could go and have a little fun. Went pretty far. We went <laughs> making it to the finals, which I had no expectation. But um, you know, like we had fun and played loose, and and uh, we sided out at a high level, and and that's you know that's the main part of the, the game. You also had the uh, Florida State was it Alabama game that night? Yeah. So I was like, for sure, Nick's like begging Phil, just let's just yeah, watch the game, sure. screw it, let's get home. Yeah, well, that didn't go so well for him. That no, that's <laughs> yeah. Didn't his quarterback get hurt yeah. for the year? <laughs> kind of set the, the tone for the year for the, the Seminoles. Yeah, Nick's, uh, for those of you don't, who don't know, Nick's an extremely diehard Florida State fan, and he's a pretty obsessed. And then, that's correct. And then <laughs> that's your, your UCF, yeah. that football team had a heck of a year. Undefeated. What? UCF went undefeated. They were ranked. I didn't even know they existed. Yeah. <laughs> They're actually little known fact. They're the second largest uh, uh, school in the country. There's sixty plus thousand students. Um, it's just they don't their sports programs aren't very strong, so not many people have heard. But um, yeah, they picked up Scott Frost two years ago, or I should say, well, two seasons ago, three seasons ago they were zero and twelve. Uh, this year they're they're twelve and zero. They're actually ranked tenth in the nation. Um, and they're going to the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. They play, they play Auburn. Auburn. Oh, right. oh, really? But oh, they've already wow. lost Scott Frost to Nebraska the, after they won the oh, really? uh, conference. Yeah, he got, he got poached. But he's, yeah. he's sticking around, though, for, for the bowl game, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. The, the only coach able to make two fan bases happy in, in one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. But everyone expected, you know, it was just kind of... Um, That's how it works. 
stepping stone for him. And now he's he went to Nebraska. He played quarterback there, so yeah, he's happy. Got a good uh, athletic program. It's getting pretty good, though. Do you ever tell him uh, to start a beach program up for I've you? actually had a, a, a meeting with the AD there, and um, they they don't have it in the budget right now. And uh, I was like, well, I plan on playing. Plant the seed. Yeah. So whenever you um, <laughs> when you're ready for whenever me. you're ready, I'm ready. Basically. Have a have a half decent coach <laughs> in well, line. Was, you know, <laughs> not, good players don't always turn into good coaches. So yeah, the whole new uh, adventure. Yeah, yeah. It'll be uh, you know it'll be a learning curve for sure, but I think I'd figure it out. Is that like a kind of for sure? Not for sure, but like is that something you for sure would want to? I mean, maybe? I think it's the easiest transition. Yeah, uh, and it you know. As far as like you get benefits if you work for a um, university, so health insurance and, and all that stuff. So it'd be nice um, because let's be honest, I have no real world skills. I know how the bank is, but other than that, some like, investments here and there. QuickBooks or Microsoft Excel, like <laughs> I have no clue on how to use all that stuff. But you've done pretty good. Done Can't pretty complain. Well yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've done okay. And it's more like you can laugh at everybody because you played beach volleyball and you still yeah. did really well. <laughs> it's not it's not a bad living. Yeah. You know. What is sort of the last kind of quote unquote real person job you've done? So you did some a little construction back a while and you yeah. substitute taught for a little bit. Public substitute teacher was my last like real job. And that was in wow. South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, middle school. And I was oh, terrible. middle school. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really hard. Um, because those kids can... My dad's a sub right now, yeah, and I'm hearing some stories. Yeah, like my first day, um, uh, my, my class was so loud that the teacher next door came over and started yelling at him. And right then and there, I realized, oh, you kind of have to be um, a dick to these kids. <laughs> and then they'll listen to you. So, uh, and then from then on, I was just not very nice. I, I gave him a choice, actually. I walked in, and I was like, Hey, I'm your substitute. I could be a really cool substitute or I could be a really mean substitute. That's up to you to decide. And usually that line worked. Usually. And they, but, you know, you're dealing with 12-year-olds. Like, Sometimes they're like, I want to see this guy pissed off. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, referral slips. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll shut them up real fast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, as a 12-year-old, I don't think I'd talk back to a, a 6'10". Yeah, that's true. 6'10 guy. I mean, I'm, I was all skin and... I'm all skin and bones now. I was yeah. even more... When did you when did you pick up the nickname the Thin Beast? Um, it was uh, Geeter. Okay, of course. Chris, and he he uh, had the honor of him giving me the nickname, um, and it just kind of stuck. Do you remember? Was that was that before or after you won that that first one in Austin? Uh, it was probably right around. Um, I had to guess around 2006, Todd and I won okay. like the first four out of five AVPs and probably somewhere around then. Okay. And so you, you grew up grew up in Florida, popped over to South Carolina for a bit, yep. been out here for a while, and now you're, you're heading back to your roots Correct. in Florida. Yeah. We're, uh, we're moving to Orlando um, in a few weeks, um, saying goodbye to California. Um, it's just so much cheaper in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, Damn no it. state income tax. How you could own a big, beautiful house for way less than out here. Um, it, it's definitely a little risk as far as volleyball goes. Um, 
and uh, I'll be gone a lot more. I'll have to drive up to Tallahassee uh, to train, and Nick will do the same, come down to Orlando. Uh, but Ricardo Santos, the legend, lives in Orlando who's still playing, uh, so he'll be nice to train against, and uh, we'll try to grab some Euros or Canadians. Yeah, yeah you're close. You're halfway in between the Europeans. I'm yeah. sure they'd be happy to come and train cheaper. with you. And cheaper, and... Yeah, we'll, you know, we'll see how good. There'll, there'll definitely be a transition as far as volleyball goes. And were you, was Nick, were you guys split in time between Florida and California this year, or was Nick? He would just come out basically for like three months straight in, during the training season. Okay. Uh, we went actually to Tallahassee for about 10 days um, this, this past year, but um, that's it. Okay. Yeah, so he was... I mean, he was away from his family so much, so yeah. you know, he'll be around them way more. He had yeah. to bail on uh, New York just to get to the birth of yeah. his baby. Yeah, huh? and he ended up missing. missing. Oh, he missed yeah. it? Because he flight got delayed or something, and he missed his connection, so he had to go the next day. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Did you guys, so what was the plan going into New York? Like, I'm sure that you both knew that that was a possibility of happening. Like, were you guys close to just not playing? Uh, no, he, I mean, he actually didn't, he was like unsure about if he should leave, he should leave. I'm like, dude, you got to go, man. This, I mean, this yeah. is way more important than one AVP, like, right? Yeah. you know, in, in big picture. And, uh, turns out it was the right call because Brooke had, um, some health problems and, um, and luckily she, you know, came out of it clean and all good. So now everyone. Both mom and baby are uh, healthy and all good. He's got two kids. He joined you with two. Yep. Yep. He messed up. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't tell him? You didn't give him advice? Uh, You wanted him to join the club. I mean, I I think he's been around uh, my two for long enough, so I don't think he needed that. (laughs) Are your your guys' families just best friends? Like, are are your kids just, like, really tight with Nick's Uh, too? Our oldest um, are both the same age, uh, and they're both boys, so they're buddies. Um, but um, my second, my youngest is three, and and um, their little boy is like five months, so. Not quite. Yeah. yeah. And now backtracking to, you mentioned possibly training with Ricardo, and I remember listening to when you were talking on uh, Billy Allen and John Mayer's podcast that they asked you who was the one person you'd like to block or that you enjoy blocking the most, and you said Ricardo. Yep. Is that still the case? Have you, I guess with him coming on the AVP, have you, have you guys warmed up? No. Well, when I, came, when I started playing on the World Tour, uh, Ricardo was the blocker. Right. Like him and Emmanuel dominated. They won like five or six World Tour titles. So, um, you know, and he was like considered the best player. Him and Emmanuel, like their names got tossed around, you know. So um, it was always nice to block him. Right, and that's why he was my favorite. But now he's kind of, you know, uh, he's a little older now. Uh, if I had to pick someone, uh, to, that'd probably be Alison. He hits the ball so hard. Try has yeah. gotten him Heavy. Uh, a few times. I got him. I got him a few of those. It yeah, takes a while to figure out how to how to get into his window. Right. But once you do. Oh yeah, once you do that thing's coming up. Like right when it hits your hand, you're like. It's like you feel the ball wrap Probably around your a arm. Bit. It's gonna sound hard. <laughs> yeah, you're not thinking about how the much. The best it hurts. possible stinging sensation ever. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. 
better to block it than to dig it. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with Alisson. He, I mean, he has such a heavy ball that that ball is going to be like 70 feet in air spinning. Yeah. yeah. And then good get, luck setting it. Yeah. It'd be a tough set. And then, okay, if you do get a good set, you got Alisson Bruno playing blocked. <laughs> yeah. Game, yeah. Which is a tough, tough tandem. Yeah. Better to just end it with a block on Alisson, which is easier said than yeah, done. Just put it away. But yeah. yeah, it's funny you say Ricardo for your favorite. Uh, my favorite like single block that I've gotten, I think, was on Ricardo. First time I played him, and I remember I watched just a little bit of film, and it was just him doing that line bounce mm-hmm. crossbody. Yeah. And I was like, I don't. I, for some reason, I just knew that was his bread and butter. So I was just camping on that, like waiting for it, baiting him. And I, yeah, I just l- left my right hand down the line, like way outside my body, and just yeah. bounce blocking him when he was still kind of hitting hard. I guess like twenty thirteen. He still hits. He still hits it. Yeah. yeah. But he was with the Manuel still. That was like their, their goodbye tour, I guess. Twenty thirteen right. or fourteen? No, that was um, fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, because I I was hurt that year. Mm. So twenty fourteen, I think, was the year. That was like the first time I played him. It was like three points in, and I like knew he was Ricardo, and I was just camping, like waiting for him to hit that, and he did it. I was like, yeah, like, yeah. suck it, Ricardo. Yeah. <laughs> good feeling yeah it's good how was it having the like an international influence on the avp this year i feel like it it was a good mix to just kind of have a couple different elite teams with ricardo because he always makes every team better and and came to and especially when they split up you know now you had two olympic caliber blockers and defenders on different teams right i think it's uh, i think it's good um you know the better um the better uh competition on the avp uh, the better for AVP and the better for USA Volleyball, the better competition we play, you know, especially the young guys, the better they're going get, to get quicker. Yeah. So I think it's, um, it's a, a win-win for the tour, USA Volleyball, and for the guys that, um, you know, get to play. Ricardo's a, a legend, three-time Olympic medalist, 50-something FIVB wins, second just behind Emmanuel so he's had a pretty darn good career he's got I'd say he's got more FIVB wins than you oh yeah a lot more 20 oh really and Emmanuel has about 20 more than Ricardo he's some somewhere in the (sighs) 70s jeez that's crazy yeah it's nuts to think that Karch has like 146 well that's a different talk Emmanuel has more wins including Brazilian the okay oh I see because Karch were including AVPs Right. Or it's mostly AVPs. Right. Right. Basically all of them. And we had like, they had like 25 events a year. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, since I've come on tour, we've had like average of... Eight. Yeah, like not yeah. even. Yeah. Not even eight. Yeah. yeah Probably average like I mean, seven. when you came on, they were just coming out of that bankruptcy. So yeah, it was like it three was just AVPs. a slow build. <laughs> yeah. When I was, when I came up uh, around two, five, 2004, five, six, we were playing about 15, 16 AVPs. So it was... That's it was good. Not, it was good then, uh, but you know the history of beach volleyball is um, pretty choppy, up and down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately. So, and when you were when you were kind of getting on the scene, like you said, Ricardo was the guy. Yeah, and right now you are the blocker. Well, I, there's a lot of blockers out there. Right. Now. Well, I guess for for any American coming up, you know, if they say I, I want to be a I blocker, think it, from my perspective, it's safe to say you dominated the last last ten years. I mean, Alisson's been, you and Alisson as far as blockers, right? Yeah. yeah. I'll still, I mean, I'll I mean, give Alisson, it to you all day. Let's, let's look at Alisson's um, resume. He's got a gold and silver in Olympics, 
Yeah, two true. world champs and a silver world champs. What do you got? I have a gold in the Olympics, and a, a world champs, and a bronze world champs. So Okay, resume-wise, yeah. Uh, for the big tournaments, uh, I have about, probably like I don't know, around 15 more wins, FIVB wins than him, um, and f- about the same amount of tournaments played. But he's got a bunch of big ones. He's got the big dogs, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I guess if he, if he didn't win this last Olympic gold, yeah. can't really compare it unless you got that Olympic gold. Yeah, that's, you know, that's like, um, you know, when you compare uh, quarterbacks, yeah. how many uh, Super Bowls do, you ha- do they have? And that's yeah. kind of what it is. We have one Super Bowl every four years. Right. Which is pretty lame. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, too, that that... Of all the the big ones that Allison did not win, it was 2012. Because, I mean, they were pretty heavy favorites against the Germans, weren't they? Uh, yeah, the Germans hadn't won a tournament since 2009. And they <laughs> dominated. Good, good, oh, time, to, good time to break that streak. They dominated 2009. They won. Um, they set a record for most wins in a row, 26. They won, I think, um, three, maybe four tournaments in a row. I can't remember. Um, so they were like really good, but then they switched the ball in 2010, and it kind of affected their game a little bit. And um, not till 2012 is when they got their their next. And then year. they retired, right? Yeah. Right after. Well, Jonas the blocker did, and then uh, Julius he um, I don't know he had like some hip thing, and he tried to come out, and he lost like his injury points or something, and he just was like. I'm not going to start in the qualifier. And so he just decided to retire. Yeah. And so let's say that, that you are the, the top American blocker that people look to now. And I know you, di- you didn't grow up like watching beach volleyball and stuff, but I guess when you started to get very good at this sport, who was your guy that you looked up to and were like, I want to be like that, if you had a role model? Well, um, as far as American blockers, um, when I was kind of – on my way up, it was like Lambo. He was playing with Karch at the time, and they were like a top team. Uh, Kim Wong, another Hawaiian, right? That's right. Um, <clears throat> Jeff Nygaard, he was winning tournaments. He had his own style, right? Was it more that, like, are you talking about like the style that they play, just like, the way I, that they play, or just yeah, like just, winning? I'm just, I'm just thinking of like blockers that we. Oh, Furby. I was thinking of you and Kevin Wong's styles being the same. Like, yeah. No, a little different. I don't know what you took out of his page. No, just just like I can't say that I really looked up to any of the. uh, You were pretty almost ready to beat him right when you got out here. I I um, the first tournament we uh, when Nick and I made uh, we made Austin final 2005 first time and Nick uh, before the finals like this is crazy we're in the finals we're in the finals. And I'll never forget this. I had this like overwhelming feeling that I belonged, belonged in the final. And I was like, dude, we belong here. We belong here. And uh, that's all I said to him. And we ended up winning. And um, yes, yeah, so, so I like, like if I had to say I looked up to anybody, it was probably Ricardo, just because he was like I mean, on that pedestal. Him and Emmanuel were just dominant. Um, you know, they were kind of like the carrying Misty of the international tour. Like, they just... Yeah. Like, if you go on a BVB Info and look, like, 2002 through 2007, just look at the amount of tournaments they won those years. 
AVP is pretty stoked that they have that guy playing on their tour now. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, even though he's even at the tail end. 42, whatever he is. He's, he's, he's still, still winning. I mean, when you balls. look at the AVP, almost the ma- vast majority of the wins have gone to guys, you know, 36, 37 yeah. or older. Yeah. You have you and Nick, and, and Hayden is always in the mix, and the, the yeah. ageless John Hayden. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's gotten like. Jake Gibb. Jake Gibb. Yeah, Jake. Rosie's in the mix again, too. Yeah. He's in a lot of finals. Yeah. yeah. I, I think with uh, beach volleyball, um, there's so many, like, little nuances. And, um, <clears throat> like, guys tend to peak late 20s, early 30s because they're still um, in their, like, athletic prime, maybe on the backside of that, that hill or mountain, whatever. But they're starting to pick up on a lot of those nuances. And, and I had my best years in my, like, like 28, I won gold medal. 30, when I was 30, I had my best year uh, ever. And arguably the best year, Todd and I arguably had the best year ever on the FIVB. We won 9 out of 12 tournaments. Didn't you win, have a 40-match win streak? 40, yeah. Holy Point shit. to end of 2010 into 2011. Damn. Um, so just everything was rolling, like everything just was working out. Um, well, I'm hoping to hit that... Uh, Wasting a little time right now, but <laughs> get into my thirty, my thirty prime right now. Listen, you got doing the I mental mean, stuff. You got another at least ten years, you know. So. And I've been playing with Johnny Hyden this whole time, so that pushes me back like my prime back like three years at least, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when you're on a forty match win streak, it's such a high level too. Is it a, like ever difficult? Is how do you sustain that level of play? Because it's so hard. It's such a high level in a sport where, you know, maybe it's really windy one day or rainy or just cold on the FIVB. How difficult is it to get up and play at that level every day? Um, You know, it's a tough question to answer. Uh, But good teams just figure out how to figure out ways to win when things aren't going their way, whether you're just like poopy pants and just don't want to be on the court (laughs) Like, um, you could think about a million other things you want, you want to do, you want to do at that moment. But um, Todd was the best at that, man. He, he would, like, we would lose some first sets, like, tragic, 21-10. He would just be so bad. And then <laughs> he would just tighten it up. And find a way. Find, like, just find a way. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, so long, seven years ago, you know, like, I can't remember... Um, but we were just rolling, like everything, just, we got all the right bounces, like right calls. Um, I think at one point we were, I don't know if this was during the win streak, but we were playing Ricardo and Marcio in Rome in the quarterfinals. And we were down 16 to 15 in the third set. Uh, I chow, I chowdered a ball. I mean, awful. (laughs) And he didn't call it. And uh, Todd put her away. And, of course, Ricardo and Marcio go nuts. And we get the next two points. Like, this, that's just an example. Like, things were just going, like, those kind of things. And, yeah. yeah. It's pretty, pretty impressive. 40. Yeah. That's a lot of wins. I mean, just, I'm just picturing, like, nobody really went on. Nobody actually. Alison and Bruno were probably the only team that went on, like, winning streaks. But they didn't win more than, like, three in a row since I've been around. Three yeah, or four, 2015, maybe? they were really good. 
They won six. Oh, they won six? Okay, so yeah, Alison and Bruno. But I'm picturing, so I was on tour with during that time. And like, you know, they're walking around where everyone's looking at them like, fuck, they're unbeatable right now. And then I'm thinking about like your 40 match win streak. Like nobody's beat them in just one match. Not even to eliminate them from the tournament, but like just get one off them in pool play for 40 matches. And everyone's like wants to be the team to end it. Oh, who did end it, by the way? Uh, we lost to uh, Alson and Emmanuel in the uh-huh. finals in Prague. Oof. And we literally played them probably like 10 times in the past. Like They got together in 2010, and we played them so many times. <clears throat> and, yeah, they finally got us. At least it was a worthy team to end it. Like, it wasn't some fluke, yeah. you know, yeah. like losing like Georgia in yeah. pool play for something. What they did know? was... Uh, Qatar. Uh, what they did was they served me every ball, and... Uh, We'd served Allison every ball, just, and he would shoot his pass all the way out to the pin, and um, and Emmanuel would have the option to go on two if it was good enough set, and then if he didn't, he, sh- you know, Allison runs a like a flat set all the way out to the pin. He'd roll that sucker all the way out to the pin, so like I, <laughs> I had to do so much work. Yeah, like, and you're and, still trying to jump serve. Right and. We got whatever. We lost like I think eighteen and eighteen or whatever. Yeah. I mean, uh, they had a good game plan, and it's risky. I mean, that's a tough pass. That's really hard to pull off. Yeah, and they must have practiced it, and man, it worked out. Yeah, it's a tough pass, especially if if you're beating jump serves too. It's not easy to do. Yeah. And they made yeah. they the strategy there is just to make you do everything. Right. Which is something I've learned from you guys. I feel like when. When not my serve is on and I'm blocking and and hitting everything and then you guys try to short serve me everything right. and make me just come right to you. So I'm on to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, last time I played we won, so I haven't played it since. I just stopped playing since I'm like, sorry, I'm <laughs> He's out. going out on top. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're gonna pause right there really quick for a word from our sponsors. You're listening to Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Tri Born and Travis Mawerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. VolleyballMag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. Marriott Vacation Club Rentals offers the best vacation accommodations and the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel, Florida to Hawaii, Europe to California, choose to rest in our luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all of the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces and great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. You've you've done so much. Like I mean, we could list out you know all the accomplishments and wins that that you've got, but that would take the rest of the podcast basically. So, what is there left? You know, what mountain does Phil Dahlhauser have left to climb? Um, you know, like I said uh, before, Allison's got all these big wins. Uh, you know, Olympics and two world champs. I'd like to pick up uh, one each. Oh, that's Alexa. Alexa wanted back in on the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to grab the 2019 World Champs and 2020 Olympic gold. 
that's that's the goal, you know. Nice. Um, we'll see what happens. The world tour is so deep now. You think it's as good as it's ever been? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean the the perfect not the tour. What's that? The tour itself. The business wise, it. no. But as far as competition, it's the deepest. And the perfect example is um, in Poland this year. <clears throat> the semifinals was like had the. Uh, the highest seed was the 14th seed, I believe, Ryan and John Hayden, mm. Ryan Doherty yeah. and John Hayden. And then it was like um, Germany, who was the 24th seed, who ended up winning. Uh, Mexico, something like high teens, and Latvia. Uh, not the good Latvian team. Um, but number two, Plavins and... Regza. Yeah. Good thing you knew his name because I wouldn't have remembered. It's, yeah, I have a, a and they were like, them. Yeah, they were like probably low 20s or so. So that, I mean, that's, you know, and all the good best tem- teams were there. And it, was, it was a week before World Champs and yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, that's, um, that's how the World Tour is now. How has the landscape changed since you, so you started playing World Tour in 06? My first Tom? one was actually... Oh four with Adam. With Adam, <laughs> qualified, nice. um, which was nice, and it was right after the Olympics, and um, we ended up playing Ricardo Manuel first yeah. in Brazil, in Copacabana, and we kind of gave him a good. We lost like, I, th- I want to say like eighteen and eighteen. It's not so bad. Pretty close, yeah. And then it was double limb, so we played the guy, one of the guys that got silver. Um, uh, Javier Bosma, a Spanish dude, he got silver with Pablo Herrera, who's still around and still really good. Um, yeah, so that's our, and we lost to them in three. So those are two, the gold medalists of the Olympics that year and the silver. So I thought we did all right. And then I, <laughs> Nick and I played two FIVBs um, in 2005, and I actually played. Sean Scott hurt, broke his finger. And uh, before World Champs, and I played World Champs with Todd, and we got seventh. And um, bad broken finger for Sean, because yeah, he never got Todd back, or he did get him back probably, but right, it was over. Yeah, well, I mean, Todd had seen enough. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, we were kind of playing like when you uh, when a team gets together like that. I've always said they're kind of playing with the house's money. Yeah, because there's no expectations. You're playing freely. Like oh, if you. Whatever you go, um, it was double limb world champs. If you go uno dos, well, they never practiced, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like it's it's just, I was like, man, this is great. I'm playing the world champs in yeah. Berlin, Germany, and we're beating some of the top teams in the world. And it was just a lot of fun. Getting a nice paycheck. Yeah. I feel like as a team that might be playing on house's money, but for you as just an, an up and comer at the time, there might have been a, a little bit pressure there because maybe you were looking to prove yourself. Like, hey, Todd. I can hang with these boys. I, you know, honestly, um, I can't remember. I just remember thinking, this is sweet. <laughs> like, I'm playing with Todd, you know, one of the best defenders in the world. And, um, yeah, like, I, I have, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll try to play my best or whatever. And you can, it's like you can only win in that situation. Right, right. You, um, you weren't supposed to play in it, so now you're getting the experience. Right. Playing with the best defender. Right. And you're getting... Probably, I probably had the best prize money of the year. Oh, for sure. And um, <clears throat> seventh in world champs at that time was a ton of points. 
and that got me and Nick into the qualifier uh, in the two best tournaments. Uh, Paris, when we used to play like right under the Eiffel Tower, and uh, Klagenfurt, Austria. Oh, yeah. I'm just, uh, I think it was Rosie was telling me about that one too. They got to bring that one back. I still haven't even been to France. Paris? Yeah, I heard that was a sick event. Yeah, I heard, uh, I heard that um, the people around the tournament thought it was too loud. And I imagine it's like multi, multi million dollar like apartments oh, yeah, yeah. type of thing. So snooty rich French. Yep. Smoking basically. their cigarettes and eating their baguettes. And the espresso and espresso. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how how has the landscape changed? You mentioned that it's as deep as ever right now. Why do you think that that is? Um, I think that uh, federations realized, oh wait. We could win um, two medals on the men's side, two medals on the women's side, uh, compared to one and one in the indoor. So some indoor talent is coming out onto the beach. Um, and with that, it's also the, the tour has gotten taller. When I came out, I was the tallest guy on tour. Now I'm maybe not even a top 10. Uh, and I'm so like a shrimp. Yeah, try as a way under, undersized block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super undersized. Jesus. But... I mean, there's, there's really successful 6'5 blockers. Yeah, that's uh, true. Pedro Salgado, Latvian team, they're both around 6'5-ish. Yeah. Um, Spain. The Polish guys are, neither of them are super big. He, uh, the blocker is, a decept- he's deceptively tall. He's probably like 6'6", six, six, but yeah. he jumps really well. Yeah. 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 Um, so that, I think that's the main reason, like, Federations figured out they could win more medals in the Olympics. Isn't that so weird that our sport is based around something that happens every four years and around something that is just like, it's just a random thing that you can technically win more medals in this sport. Yeah. I mean, one sport has 12 guys on a team. The other one has two. It's like swimming. They can win like 40 medals for us. Yeah. And they get all this credit. It's like, okay, you want a, you want a bronze medal at the Olympics. That's sick. But you had fucking, you had eight chances to go and win medals. I had to freaking, just to qualify, I had to be top three in the country. And then that's just to play in the tournament where you have to win like six matches in a row to get a medal. Right. It's yeah. like, I, I just hate that that's our sport. <laughs> it yeah. relies on that. But got to get over it because yeah. that's the truth of it. Yeah. And we, we talked about sort of, how a lot of the AVP winners are on the, the older side of the, the athletic spectrum. And it, I was talking to Tri about this earlier, that it sort of feels like, you know, you and Nick and Casey and Rosie and Hayden are sort of like the, you know, the dads who have built out this great business, but the kids aren't just aren't ready to take it over yet. So you guys are still hanging on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I can't say we built up the business. I, I guess you could say... We're uh, holding it down for USAV. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like winning medals. And, um, and I'm not so sure if there's many young guys ready to win a, a world tour medal. Um, really, I think, I mean, uh, other than try, I think the youngest guy that's won a medal is... Ryan? Ryan. Or Theo. Did Theo win one? Yeah, oh yeah, Theo and Todd won one. Uh, um, Fort Lauderdale or something? No, uh, Long Beach. Long Beach. And Theo Theo's like 32. Uh, yeah, some, somewhere around there. So, 
Yeah, there's not, um, you know, a lot of young talent coming up um, on the beach scene on the men's side. None that yet. have proven themselves yet. Yeah, but yeah. there's there's talent. There's more yeah. talent now than there was when I came out. It was basically yeah. just me, right? Yeah. When I was like 24. Now it's now we got like four, maybe four or five guys that are like could be potentially get a medal maybe this next year or so. Yeah. Maybe four or five. Because Taylor's been close. I think he's taken a few he's fifths. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely that might be set up with a good partner. Yeah, and yeah. he's, he's playing win. with Jake. <laughs> yeah. To win a medal. Yeah. yeah. Trevor kind of just, Trevor and Rosie haven't had as many opportunities as Jake and Taylor. But they obviously have the potential to get on the podium. They haven't done that well internationally, though, right? Not yeah. I think the ball hurts them a little bit. The Mikasa ball is way different. Yeah, they play real well uh, on AVPs. Yeah, it's, um, Wilson ball is way easier to pass. And they're both really good side-out players. So in system, they're tough to stop. But yeah. once you have that little, um, add that Mikasa, um, you know, it moves around way more, floats around more, and it, tough passing is way tougher. Yeah. I found it almost harder to uh, to hit. It's harder to get that snap on a Mikasa, I think, yeah. than a Wilson. I don't think it, oh, yeah. it it doesn't come down quite as quickly as the Wilson yeah. does either. That's why a lot of guys have gone away from uh, jump serving, just because you have to hit it cleanly, perfectly. Right. Uh, and then you know where the ball is going, where if you hit a good float serve, you think you're on the ball, and then all of a sudden it rises up or just drops and... Dude, just does yeah. all kinds of weird things. And try try passing a float serve with that ball from guys like Phil and these other like seven footers. Like Phil's not even the tallest guy. Even you're not even close to the tallest guy anymore. Like a Marinhorse is seven. Marinhorse, both the Dutchies. Um, Seminoff is he's yeah, almost he's, seven feet, right? Oh, he's he's seven, gone now. Yeah. He, Jeez, he went and played indoor. Uh, oh, he's off the beach. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know that. But yeah. the, the guy they replaced him with is like gnarlier than him. He's really, he's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the, the young um, Russian, he's like, man, I don't even know, maybe twenty. You know who I'm talking about? I can't think. Oh of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Stoyanovsky and yeah, whatever. It's hard to pronounce their names. Yeah. <laughs> but he, that guy, has. He's I long, mean, huh? All the talent in the world. Yeah. And he's twenty, and he's. He's won a couple. I think he's already won a couple medals. Bronze, yeah. Maybe. Didn't you guys play him in Moscow last year? Yeah, in the semis. Yeah, semis. But I think they lost. Oh, that was the one you guys barely pulled it out, right? At right. The against end? against you know, the Lehman. top Russian oh, that team, was right? right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been really impressed with that. That I think that defender he's is really unbelievable. Christian Makov, right? Yeah, he's a complete player. Like, um, yeah. When mm-hmm. I say complete player, uh, serves tough, uh, really good defender, good passer, good setter. Uh, Brings heat, and He's not got many. A whip. Yeah, brings heat, um, and there's not many uh, complete players like defenders uh, out there. Like digs the hard driven dig shots. Like he's um, he's good. Yeah. yeah. And then too, we have Brazil has Alvaro, and he's only what 21, 22. Yeah. Brazil is stacked. To yeah. be honest, Unfo- I hate to admit it, but they're stacked. They have um, Alvaro, Guto. And these are all defenders, like all under 25. Um, Simon's young, right? Simon is a, bl- a monster He's a blocker. He's new Al- basically. Yeah. He plays like Al Song. He's a little raw. He's, um, he tries to uh, 
he tries to show time, I guess. Yeah. Like, um, Puff his chest all the time. Yeah, which takes, uh, you know, he's like 22, so let's, a normal 22 is going to try to bounce the ball yeah. for, the girl, for the ladies, right? Um, and then, like, of course, you have Alison Bruno, uh, and you have a weird team of Evandro and Andre, who are both like, Andre's like 6'8", and Vando's like 6'10". Jeez. And um, they just rely on Evandro serve to score points and pick up a few blocks here and there inside out. Somehow they're world champs now. Yeah. I mean, Evandro, he had he hit so many aces that he's the only, really the only guy. Him and the Russian defender are the only two guys that hit um, jump serves consistently now, probably. And you're still in there, right? Or are you going more to I'm the float, too? more float. Yeah, because... Uh, Saves your legs, too. If it's not effective, then it's almost like, I'm going to go away from it. It's not worth my you time. Have, you just have to hit it uh, in, a, uh, in a good spot and hard, and that's hard to do with this ball, you know. So uh, if you hit a good floater in a good spot, I think it's more effective. And so now you and Nick are, are making a run at, at Tokyo 2020? That's the plan. That's the plan? Yeah, we actually... Um, I had my third best year as far as match um, win-loss percentage uh, in my career, and Todd and I had some pretty good years. So yeah. We had, um, Nick and I had a good year. Um, you won, what, half of your tournaments? You if won one more, right, than half? If you count the, whatever we count Long Beach as? Uh, you can't really count Long Beach. It's still a good field. Yeah. I and mean, it's still a good tournament I mean, to win. It's basically... An AVP. Yeah. With, with, with the bonus one, of... <laughs> played like Pedlo. <laughs> right. Who beat the, the um, Pedlo, Polish guys. Schachter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't really count that. But we won three out of... I don't remember how we played. Seven, maybe. Eight. I don't remember. I think, I think you played, what, six six AVPs? One through, well, well, we'll discount New York. I feel like we have to. Okay, and I played one with, with Adam uh, A. Rob in Seattle. Oh yeah, buddy A. Rob. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we we went three out of four in AVPs. If you if you don't count New York, but we had we lost to Ricardo and came first round, which was kind of crappy because we that's the last yeah. team we played. It's a tough and we draw. Just got back one from Russia. You were the one seed, right? Yeah. And you drew the you drew the your the only person you looked up to in the sport ever. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but we, I mean, they just they just straight beat us. We didn't play great, and they played well. That was like my first match I called on the live stream. Oh, I was really? just winging it so yeah. hard. And you end up yeah, getting easy one of the was, best matches yeah, of the year. Like those four players, <laughs> I was like, well, I can talk about them all day. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like like I said, we had, we had a good year, and so um, why not go for 2020 if we could, Kind of keep that level up there, you know. How old will you be? 40. Both of us will be 40. 40 on the dot? Yeah. That would be a good accomplishment. Win a gold at 40. Not bad, yeah. I think Emmanuel was uh, 39 when he won silver in 2012, which is not bad. And yeah. There should be an asterisk on that because um, he hit a ball. At, they were down 15-14 in the third, and he hit a ball, at, you know, apparently out, but that sucker was in. The line balanced, but the, the ref just called would it. not go down on the sand. Gold medal, Olympic gold medal match point, he would not go down and check the mark. Yeah, I remember watching that too. He, he just, it's like the ref just panicked. Like, I just want this to be over. 
Yeah. Let's just call it. Of all the stages for a ref not to get off the stand. I mean, they have this silly <laughs> yeah. rule on the FIVB that they, uh, they don't want the refs to do ball mark protocol. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, now we have the challenge system, I guess. It yeah. probably wouldn't be Which a huge is nice. issue. Yeah. yeah. Was the challenge system in place in, in Rio? No, no, no. It works like unbelievably well, though, when they do implement it in the stadium, in my experience, yeah. right? We For need sure. it as much as possible. They, they don't have it on the outlying courts, do they? Is it just, just for stadium? Uh, stadium, yeah. Okay. Just stadium. Yeah. And, and it's, I don't think it's there for pool play. Yeah. Uh, in the Olympics it was, but like a regular like five-star, I don't think. Right. Mm. And what do you think about the, the FIVB schedule this year? It's Coming a lot. out. 37 events just kind of spread out between, I think, like 17 one-stars, a handful of two-stars, and then yeah. you have a couple gold nuggets. What's the strategy <laughs> on attacking it? Um, well, we're just not going to go play a one-off. Um, maybe we will. Try play. to string a few together. Right. Like, there's a few, like, uh, four-star, five-star, four-star, and we'll hit those three in Europe or whatever, but, like... I don't think going to Rio for a one-off four-star basically is is worth it, especially if you have an AVP. Um, it's not Olympic qualification yet, right? So it's not. And really. now they're they're changing um, the entry in from four uh, from six out of eight tournaments to four out of six. Oh, really? Yeah. So you don't have to get eight tournaments in. So that that makes it. That's good. Yeah. So you could just play six events next yeah. year. That's pretty mellow. Yeah. But there's like, um, like Shoot, I said, maybe I can get six in. Yeah, there's a four. Lot of late, I just have to get four. Uh, I think there's a few late year tournaments. Yeah, Tokyo, I think is one. Yeah, yeah. And what was what was the decision making process like? How did that discussion go? Because I know that you know with Nick having his second kid and you having two kids, I'm sure that going for one more quad was not something you guys took lightly. Yeah, it's um, being away from the family is probably the, the roughest part of um, playing. Um, and now, especially now we're moving to Florida, like uh, I'll be up in Tallahassee, you know, like oh, for like five days and then come home for the weekend and he'll come down for five days. So I'll be gone even more. So, um, yeah, it's not ideal, but listen, I got three, maybe four years left. So I'll just grind it out, and then hopefully traveling will be done, and I'll be made, hopefully a two million mile flyer on United. Which yeah, holy crap! Sweet. <laughs> yeah, what do you get for two million? One million, you get your spouse's gold forever. No, your gold forever. I'm uh, I'm gold forever. Oh, oh just yeah, you right? Both right. of you, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess I'd be platinum forever. Oh damn! And then she'll be platinum forever, basically. No. Yeah, and then it goes one. If you do three million miles, which is out of the question, <laughs> uh, it's one k, which means you fly a hundred thousand miles in a, in a year um, for the rest of your life, which is pretty. Legit. Holy cow! So no, no Paris twenty twenty four. No, unless some big sponsors come in and yeah. pay you to do it. <laughs> uh, everyone has a price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're going to pause one more time for a break from our sponsors, and we'll get to our last segment here with Phil Dahlhauser. You're listening to Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mwerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. 
VolleyballMag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. Marriott Vacation Club Rentals offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel, home of Phil Dahlhauser in Florida, or where I'm from in Hawaii, Europe to California, choose to rest in our luxurious guest rooms, suites, and villas at your next getaway. Villas offer all the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces and great places today. Visit www.mbcrentals.com. All right, so we are here for our last segment and the fan favorite. This is our fan section or fan fan questions segment. Uh, so let's see. Our first one, we've already covered a fair amount of the ones that came in. Um, here's one from Tams on Volley Talk. What was your most memorable match of the 2017 season, if you had to pick one? Uh, I, the most memorable match was the, the finals in um, – Moscow against uh, Russian, the best Russian team. We, I mean, we blew so many leads. Uh, we were up 16-12 in the second. They came back and won the second. Um, we had a nice little lead in the third. They came back and tied it. And kind of, they made just play after play. And it was kind of a crazy match. It was cold. I, it was cold too, wasn't it? Freezing. Wasn't it snowing at one point during uh, the tournament? They or said something? snowing, but it was more like. Well, there was some kind of snow Sleet came down. or, right. I, you know, I grew up in Florida and now I live in California, so I'm not an expert. But if I were to make an educated guess, I would call it sleet. Yeah. It was nasty out. Yeah. I mean, whatever. <laughs> and uh, the Russians kill it out there whenever. They usually always do good in Moscow, I feel like. Yeah. They Which play makes well. Sense. I'm sure they have a little extra incentive. Oh yeah, from the Russian mafia or something for sure. And that was that was the new that blocker is it Liamin or Liamin? Yeah. Uh, Liamin? That was kind of his welcome to the the FIVB tour moments. Well, sort of, he, um, him and Barsuk uh, actually uh, qualified for the Olympics last year. Okay, um, through Continental Cup, whatever. It's like this whole confusing system, but um, they end up beating Pedro and Avandro in the round of sixteen. So they made it to the quarters. So. So Great. He's, he's new, but um, but he's been like he's already been to Olympics and uh, they won like a three star in Iran. Yeah, he got a bronze at the Olympics, right? No, they got they got fifth. fifth. Uh, Wait, who got bronze? The Dutch guys. Oh yeah, the Dutch. Brouwer Who'd they play? They they play Cuba. Uh, no. no, Cuba blew their chance to make the semis in the quarters versus it? Russia. Oh, that was Zolikov that's the and, match I was uh, watching. Yeah, Seminoff, yeah. right? Seminoff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, and that match too. We'll we'll make sure to oh, link to that Seminoff. in the show notes because that match okay. was crazy. Not just in that. Not often do you see you and Nick kind of blow a sixteen twelve lead, but there were more sort of epic chase down rallies. It was crazy. in that match. It was yeah. nuts. Yeah, yeah, that I, was a fun one to watch. There was a point we we must have been up fifteen fourteen, and. Um, I had no one up swing lefty, uh, but no one was up right on top of the net. And I was like, I'm going to bury this ball. I'm going to hit it hard. I don't want them to dig it. And I've scudded it out. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 
I'll never forget going under the net. Uh, I was like, man, uh, we're just not meant to win this game. We're going to lose this match. We had, uh, like, we're just not meant to, to win it. And we ended up somehow pulling it out, like 1917 or 1816. And, and you know when, when Phil uh, is happy about winning one because he actually celebrated at the end? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 we had no business winning that match just because all the cards were in their favor. Yeah, I remember I was sitting right here on this couch, yeah. all, all salty and bored. Yeah. <laughs> that. Was that the uh, was that the first FIVB of the year? Uh, no, that was Fort early. Lauderdale. Okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it was like late May, which is kind of um, kind of early in Moscow because it was cold. Like it was, such a, it was cold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I was wondering too, so is that when you guys won in Austin, you know, the celebration was you know it was crazy. You guys right. were, were ecstatic. I mean justifiably so as your first right. AVP win. And now that you've won so many, uh, how do you sort of get up for, say, just a normal AVP in, like, Seattle? And I know you guys weren't there this year, but what's the motivation process for you looking like now? Um, I've always said um, one thing that will never, ever get old is winning. Yeah. You know, like, you can't – there's no such thing as winning too much, you know. So, yeah, um, like money doesn't motivate me. It's it's winning, you know. Yeah, and now we have we, we were mentioning Fort Lauderdale, which is coming up yeah. in February again. Late February. Late February. Early March, yeah. And you guys are skipping the Hague, a little too early. That's too early. And it's an indoor <laughs> tournament, which is kind of indoor beach or sand tournament, I should say, uh, which is really weird. Um, if you have the wrong kind of sand, if it's shallow sand, it's going to be like straight indoor style, which is going to play into the Dutchies' for favor sure. a yeah. lot. Yeah, it's um, it's four star too, which is decent money, and that's just the first like people are getting there on New Year's Day, so like it's maybe even earlier than that. You know, that's just it's weird. Yeah, now you're closing in on the house, and you got yeah, no <laughs> better things to do. Yeah. And but so. How are you guys prepping? When will you begin the preparation process for Fort Lauderdale? Uh, second week of um, January. We'll start hitting it around. Um, so that gives us about six, seven weeks maybe. It's a nice and, little break. Yeah, right. And um, right after Fort Lauderdale, there's a four-star in Qatar, which, uh, I mean... I played once. I don't, have you ever played there? Yeah, twice. It is. I mean, th- you've never seen a nicer once you're there, you're facility. Once really? you're there, you're happy because yeah. the hotel is nice, good buffet, yeah. yep. and you just drive straight from the hotel straight yeah. to the courts, and it's like literally a giant facility made for beach volleyball. Yeah, it's beautiful. Deep sand, really deep sand. Uh, you play... Uh, you just matches start at five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it's like too hot to play during the day. Yeah, and go to like eleven or so. So basically, you don't really have to get acclimated to the time because you're going to bed at like I don't know two, three o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. yeah, we played in one with you. I mean, you guys wait. You guys got silver against you guys got Bockerman th- and Flugan. And you guys got and we got third. third. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. And how long does it take you to get back, sort of? in peak condition to the point where, you know, you, you said six or seven weeks. At what point do you, is the rust kind of off and you're playing pretty good ball again? Six and seven weeks is kind of the rushed off season. Yeah. These, um, these early tur- year tournaments um, aren't ideal. I like a slow, like, three-month uh, process where first month, 
you're just kind of, but the first two weeks you're not even jumping, you know, just ball control. Really, really boring and slow practices, but you slowly get back into it. And um, but these are a little um, quicker, so maybe within three weeks or so we'll start training against a team, and hopefully by then that's when the rust has come off. And you got Coach uh, Lockhead, Jason Lockhead, yeah. coming back on. Oh, Ginger Ninja, <laughs> <laughs> Ginger Ninja. Yeah. You guys have had a lot of success with him. What does he add to to the team? <clears throat> Listen, this guy. Um, before us, he had Vanuatu, which is a little island out in the South Pacific. Uh, I never heard of it. On the women's side. Right. Yeah. Uh, who, like, had no points. Turned them into a main draw team. Like, they, um, from what he says, they basically live in, like, little huts. He's turned, he turned them. They're good athletes. I'm not trying to take anything, uh, take anything away from them. They're good athletes. But he turned them into a main draw FIVB team, which is impressive. And when he got first started working with um, Canada, Canada, Ben and came, uh, Ben Saxon came, shock. Uh, they were a qualifier team. And they ended up being a top ten team, made final or two maybe, couple. They got some podiums. Yeah, some podiums. I know of silver. They got one silver. So, like he, um, and plus he played ten years on the world tour as a five nine. Short five, he says five ten. We'll call him a short five ten or a <laughs> uh, defender. Uh, you know, he made a couple podiums, um, and he just grinded. Out, you know, he was. That was like all that, the drinking you know, games for after the tournament. <laughs> like you know, a guy like that, if he's on the world tour like that, you know, his technique is perfect because it has yeah. to be. Um, everything has to be crisp every match. If like, for me, I'm six nine and I jump pretty well. Like. Things don't have to be perfect for me, you know. But for him, they have to be perfect. Yeah. So. Now you, you and Nick have been playing together for more Too than long. more than a decade. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, do you guys? Here's a, and the fan question is: Do you and Nick argue a lot? Do you play video games together? We um, we kind of we really have like a brother relationship. We argue like brothers um, over the stupidest crap. <laughs> <laughs> Like, who's going to get in the shower first after a match? <laughs> uh, just stupid crap, you know, stuff. But um, we do play... Uh, we used to play, like, Xbox together. Not so much anymore. We play a little game on our phone called Clash Royale. Yeah, you guys are on that a lot. Huge waste of time. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, we have a lot of time on the world tour, so it kills a little time. Okay. Now we have... I was... I was uh, Dying to prank call Nick tonight and, and do something, but uh, Phil Phil had mercy on him and knew that he, it was past ten o'clock and he has kids, so it's a good friend right there because I wanted to wake Nick up with some kind of prank. Well, I helped you guys out. Even if he would have picked up, he would have been all grumpy and it would have been terrible. We would have grumpy Nick instead of happy Nick. Yeah. All right. Let's find our next one here for Mr. Dahlhauser. What is the last time you practiced a specific beach volleyball skill? What skill was it and why? And that is from QWW. Uh, the last time I practiced was in August sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm always working, you know, I'm always trying to, what's the, what's the saying, sharpen the sword. Um, it's just not one skill. 
But if I had to pick a skill that I'm working on the most, it would probably be passing. Just, and I, th- I so think important. that, yeah, I think that's super telling for anyone listening in that you've been playing at such a high level since, I mean, your first one was 2005. Yeah. You know, we're 12, going to be 13 years later now, and passing, you know, the most fundamental skill is still number one. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, if you think in any situation, if you think you know it all or you don't need to practice, if you think you don't need to practice or whatever, like that's... I mean, your game or whatever you're into is just going to go down at that point. Like, I'm, I mean, for me, I'm always striving to get better. I think I have a couple of good um, years left, and um, I want to make them good years. So, Yeah. And now we were, we were talking about this, <laughs> this question earlier. An interesting blocking technique mm-hmm. inquisition here. It says, another one for Phil. Ever thought about experimenting with a blocking technique where you, you put your hands in front of your forehead? Picture this, people. And raise. <laughs> and raise. Here you go. You got this. And raise your elbows up. <laughs> you got this, Travis. To build a wall. So kind of like uh, two triangles out to. Basically. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't hurt. As bad as when I get hit in the face, I guess. <laughs> um, but, like, guys on the world tour are just so big. They just sit right over the top of, you, top of me. And, and when you penetrate, you're actually taking more court than if, like, yeah, you're wider than in that scenario or that technique, however you want to call it. Uh, but, like, you're not taking much court. And I think that blocking is sort of an underrated skill in that I don't think most, your casual beach volleyball fan doesn't really understand how much technique and right. footwork there is Wait. into it. When did you think that you kind of had blocking down instead of just being a really big guy who jumps well, who could press and probably get a few blocks, when did you make that transition from just being the size of a blocker to being a very good blocker? Um, I still don't have blocking down. There's days where I can't block anything. And I'm sure Tri can. Um, yeah, I've had days where it's just like, well, there it goes. Yeah. Like, I can't block anymore. Right. I totally just, lost it. The timing's <laughs> off. Like, everything, you know, like with blocking, it's, um, like you said, it's a lot of footwork and, and technique. Uh, and timing is really important. Because if you leave too early for a spot, the hitter's going to be like, "This is are you kidding me? This is too easy. And bounce one line, you know, or hit an easy cut shot or whatever. So... Uh, it's all about timing, and some days the timing is just not yeah. there. I yeah. mean, you think about it, the, hit, the hitter always has advantage, so you're always at a disadvantage as a blocker, and you always have to make the move first, basically, right? Because mm-hmm. if you make it second, you're too late. So right. you're at a huge disadvantage. It's like limiting your losses or whatever you call it. If you're getting two blocks per set, blocks for points per set, you're doing pretty good. So that just shows like... Is that kind of the number that you shoot for? Yeah, I, I mean, I like to most say goals a little higher. <laughs> most people shoot right. for two. Um, but uh, usually uh, like uh, our coach keeps track of all the blocks and stats or whatever for each match. And this year on the World Tour, I'm probably, I mean, this is kind of uh, probably around 2.25 maybe, something around there. And now, well, with with soft blocks too, with the rule change, what do you think about that having? I think it's so stupid. I I can't. You can get. I can go on a little rant here. Um, <laughs> here we go. F I B B. If you're listening, yes, I take note. Um, 
We're the only rule, uh, only s- stupid sport in the world that changes fundamental rules over, like, a few years ago, it was the net touch. You, you could touch the, the net uh, if it wasn't the top of the tape. Like, that's, from a fan's perspective, if you see, if someone touches the net, that's an easy rule to understand. But guys were fishing, like, they would run into the net to set a ball, and it just disrupted disrupt the play. Now they're trying to change. Um, block touch does not count as a touch, right? And they've gone back and forth with this. And um, I don't, even like the AVP, like, you know, changing like... Um, serving rule. Serving. Wet and, serves. And then the freeze on match point. I'm just like... It's, it's unnecessary, it out. Like, right? It's yeah. just like, okay, if basketball started... Um, Okay, now you could take five steps. I mean, they already do, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but like, just, like, major rules. Like, um, okay, uh, in soccer, you could touch the ball once with your hand. You know, like, it's just, like, these are major rules and really easy to understand if you're uh, if a fan, uh, if you're a fan. So I, I just don't get it. And I think it's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. Like, it's confusing refs. Like, um, it makes their job harder. They already have a, a tough enough job. Um, and it's just, like, leave the rules alone. They're fine. Um, there's a reason why, why beach volleyball is one of the top sports in the Olympics. People enjoy to watch it. Um, just let it be. Let it be. Try to find more promoters to put on good events. How about that? And it, and it makes it easier for a team that can't pull off the touch off the block and set it right away, right? right. Now you have these guys who are more specialized, and they can take an extra, um, like for me, I took a lot of pride in that because I could, me right. and Hayden would run like a tempo out of it because we right. can move quick like that. Right. But now it's like anyone can it's a play skill. a ball off the block. Right, now. it's a skill. And that's the same for me. Like I'm pretty good. Yeah, you do it obviously really um, well. Like there's a whole, it's a whole thing. You touch the ball, you get off the net, you create some space for your guy to set you and hopefully he gets you in an area that you could put a, a half decent ball, you know, down, so. I don't know. It it just drives me nuts. I've yet to hear a single person in favor of it. It's well, the reason it. I mean, this is so stupid, but they think that it's gonna make more rallies when in reality, it's gonna do the exact opposite. Right. Because guys will be now in system, rather. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it'll extend the rally. Right. For sure. No, it'll kill the rally because. Oh yeah, it's kill it. it. That's what I meant. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So I, it's just it's so stupid, and it's like a. That's like a really nice, like a, a good volleyball play when, when a defender can dive after a, um, a, a ball off the block and get their blocker a good set. Like that's a fun play to watch. Like it's uh, just stupid. Yeah, I had one in, in China where like I, he like blasted me off the face. My glasses went, hat went up and it like fell into my lap and I just like scooped it up and Hayden's coming in right away and to like hit it. Yeah. She's like, those are like sick plays when right. people make cool or like really athletic plays off that, like bang, bang plays. Right. And now you're taking it away. Right. It just silly. So hopefully, I, I still haven't talked to anyone who likes it. Hopefully they take it out before Tokyo. Uh, I'd like to keep it at, see it kept it. They through. usually test it for a while, right? Yeah, they test it for six months or whatever and see how it goes. And they're going to do it, I think. And they did it in like the, the one star and two star tournaments the last couple of months and uh, i think they're going to do it in the hague which is a four maybe it'll be gone by the time you get out there yeah it's just (laughs) 
I don't I don't know why. I don't I don't understand it. I really don't. We'll have we'll wrap up with one more fan question here from Volleyball Jim. It says, Phil, your option success is legendary, but one fan seems to find it done more often in frustration, uh, and your partner not siding out uh, more than kind of a planned sequence. So is it um is your optioning more of a decision between well my boy's not siding out, so I gotta put it away, or is it just kind of a, a set play almost? It's uh it's turned more into I wouldn't say set play, but um we kinda <clears throat> before each tournament we kinda have goals on like, okay, Phil um we'll average like three times over on two. Is that that's what option is that I Yeah, hitting on two. Yeah. Um so like three times over on two, um, and um, you know Nick, he does a lot of work. You know, um, side out, side down does a lot of work, as Tri knows, <laughs> and um, he's running around behind me diving. Um, you know, so um, anytime I could get him a little break, um, yeah, it's uh, it's nice for him, and <clears throat> and it just keeps the def- def- uh, defenders. Or the, the other team on their toes a little bit. Do you ever? Because sometimes, as a blocker, if I option too much, I almost at some point feel not like I'm taking away my partner's chances to side out. And there's a part of me that's like, "Sorry, dude, I'm just." <laughs> dude, I mean, if you're if you putting the ball away, yeah. I play with the guy who's like forcing it onto as much as yeah. possible, probably more than anyone in the world, John right, Hyden, sure. right? Yeah. Like, I'm like, really, like maybe maybe you kill this one because uh, right. I'm kind of like blocking, <laughs> jump serving, and yeah. <laughs> but he'll shovel it in there. But it, that's the strategy. I mean, if you can put it away on two, you put it away on two, and if if not, then use your third contact. Right. Now, is there anything else you want to add? Anything that you you wish we would have asked you that we didn't? Anything you want to cover? I think we covered about everything. Huh? Yeah, we, <laughs> we gave you. A, we got our money's worth with you, Phil. Oh, sweet. Yeah, Thanks, we appreciate man. you taking the time. Now, where can we find you on social media? Well, I'm not. The social media whole thing is a work in progress. <laughs> I get about one post uh, a month uh, in the off season. You got a nice little following, though. Yeah, not bad. Um, but I, um, I'm a pretty private person, and you know, I don't. Um, I don't care if somebody's eating a roast beef sandwich. (laughs) So I don't see why anybody else would care that I'm eating whatever Chipotle chicken sandwich. (laughs) Tweets are hard for me. Tweets are really hard. Like, say what you're thinking right now. Like, uh, you don't want to know what I'm thinking. It's just like I'm not um, completely attached to my phone. Uh, So, like, it never comes to mind. Oh, this this would be good to yeah. post on Instagram. You put the, put together a decent little Instagram though. At Phil Dahlhauser, by the way, people. Yes. yes Your thanks. last picture is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I got you. I got you. I'm the social media guy. No. Um, your last picture is you with oh, yeah, needles the, in your face. Yeah, I had a little uh, sign. Check that headache. one out, people. And Phil's a private guy, but he has 40,000 followers on Instagram <laughs> that, he, that he doesn't really use too much. Your yeah. follower to post ratio is pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take pride in that, I guess. I actually had my wife do it for me. Um, she lasted about I remember that. three months. I or could so. tell with, yeah. with the stuff she was writing. I was like, right. yeah, that's not Phil. And uh, <laughs> she quit on me. <laughs> I begged her. <laughs> Dude, your, I your boy, Sebastian, will be using it, and he'll be on the iPhone, like, 
knowing how to dial in Instagram right. within a year or two. Right. My nephew well, can't get off of it. Uh, that's our plan is not. Don't let him. Yeah, don't yeah. let it get there. Um, but um, I mean, you know, it's work. It's freaking work. Like taking videos of it's work a lot. lifting or like I don't know. I just um, of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate uh, you coming on and uh, and opening up a little bit about about your life. So thank you so much for sure. for coming out, especially on a late yeah. night too here on a Monday. Uh, yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too. We late got to now. watch We're some on. of the game. Yeah, yeah. A few guys got carried off on stretchers while we talked here. Yeah, yeah. I would have been up watching the game anyway. So all right, yeah. glad we could watch with you. Thanks again uh, for coming on, and we will catch you guys next week on Sandcast. Thanks Later. for having me on.